Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to the uncomfortable truth. We are going to just jump right back in. We have Cody Farrell here. Cody, uh, we had talked a lot in the last podcast about uh, just uh, uh, realigning priorities, um, assigning value. When, when you had mentioned assigning value, that really stuck with me because it's an epidemic or a pandemic or whatever you want to call it about the way we assign value to our kids. And it is absolutely insane. I pause there because I'm being careful about what I say. We are assigning, as a culture, we are assigning value to our kids based on their performance. 100%. And it re- it really saddens, it just saddens me, especially when you see it firsthand at the Little League baseball field or at a high school football game. Cody, from, from your experience, what have you seen in as far as how is that affecting our kids? Oh, it's uh, you hear about it all the time on Facebook, but it, it, there is a lot of truth. You know, I never think that what you the stories you hear about the helicopter parents that are always at everything and living vicariously through their parents uh, or through their kids. You you know you hear those horror stories, but there is a lot of truth to that, and I see that a lot. And it's not from everybody, but I definitely think the throughout the course of the uh, last probably even five years, it's it's gotten really bad really really quickly, and it's just that it's just. Uh, I guess putting an expectation on our kids that they're going to be good at a sport. I don't know why it is. I don't know if it was just because it was so important for the parent when they were growing up and it was such a big part of their lives that they wanted to be a big part of their kid's life, but it does. It puts a lot of pressure on these kids, and I see it from the coach's standpoint, and it's not a, it's not a struggle that you when, you when you coach, you're always like, quit looking at your mom and dad in the stands. And from the coach's side of it, we're not saying that so the, the because we're trying to de, you know devalue what the parent has to say. It's just that these kids have a lot of pressure on them because they want to please everybody. My dad's been coaching me since I was five years old, and now I'm in high school, you know. And so these kids get really confused at the message they want to hear. Uh, and, and this is kind of like how when I was defense coordinator, the last 30 seconds when I would call a timeout, I wouldn't let my coaches talk after about the last probably 15, 20 seconds because I was like, okay, they're going to hear one voice right before they walk back out on the field. And it was just because I wanted that message to be simple and clear to them what I wanted them to <clears throat> wanted, wanted them to go accomplish. And, man, right. these kids nowadays, they have 5, 10, 15 messages in their heads, and they don't know where to go. Yeah. And yeah. it just becomes overwhelming it's to that, them. I mean, you think about a, think about a, uh, a Little League baseball game or softball game or, or j- where you've got – a crowd full of parents and the balls hit to the shortstop. Oh my goodness. And there's a runner on second and third chaos ensues. chaos ensues. You, you've got every parent, every coach and, and then you got, there's not one kid that's talking because the kids are all looking at the other, everybody, all, all the other voices that they can hear coming from. If every they could direction. turn their head all the way around, they would, they just, would. Exactly. just try to hear it. All. Who do I listen to? That's yeah, what the kids, because kids naturally are inclined to, they, the kids like structure. 
Kids yeah. like guidance. Kids like, they like boundaries. They like to please. They really do. Even you can take your worst kid in high school. There was a point in his life he was wanting to please people, and he was wanting to conform and just, you know, these kids get so so confused. They just don't know what to do, who to please, and all of that. And so it, it, is, it is a shame that, uh, you know, because if you look at the example in the Bible, when Jesus baptizes, he said, this is my son, and with you I am well pleased. Exactly. There was no other... You didn't have to earn anything. He didn't no. do anything to earn that. It was just, I love you because you are my son. Because I, because I made you. Exactly. Right. You're, you're part of me. I love you. And that, that's huge for kids to know. Like, I, I, I love you. You are like, you know, you're my Hazel Bobcat, and, and I'm going to love you regardless. And you can go out here, and I see it all the time. Like, man, you gave up that touchdown, and we did lose, but I love you. I'm going to be up here tomorrow, and we're going to go back, and we're going to go do this thing again. Exactly. And yeah. I'll be here with you every step of the way, and I don't – well, that grace, I mean, yes. that grace is not, it, it's, it's just missing in so many areas of, of their education right. and, and of their home life and of what, and, and I, I mean, it, it's huge, man. I mean, this is a great topic because that, that value that, or, or lack of value that they feel uh, throughout their childhood manifest and it carries with them throughout their lives. I mean, these these young ladies and these young men, they get to they get to be our age and they've got these insecurities that they can't they can't just dismiss because oh, somebody finally showed them that they have some value. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not just something they can turn off. I mean, it's been instilled in them their entire lives and it, it may be that they weren't good at a sport and they never during those formative years, they didn't find something where they felt worthy or they felt valuable. And, and because they didn't fit into that mold that a lot of us, you know, coaches, educators, parents, everybody sometimes have a, we, we just have a tendency of, of pushing this, this agenda of, oh, well, you got to be good at something. You got to be good at something. And the way you're talking about doing it is, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's so refreshing because we just have so many kids, and, again, that turn into these adults that feel like they're not worthy and they're not valuable because they weren't, you know, Joe football or, or, you know, Joe baseball. And so I just think it's so important, like what you're talking about, to – help each one of these kids show them that they are valuable in, mm-hmm. some, in some capacity, you know, and try to figure out a way. I don't know if there's – I'm sure that there are ways that we can – we're already doing it maybe, you know, testing and all kinds of stuff that, that maybe allow these kids to go in a direction that they find some passion with, you know. But, um, you know, I just, oh, gosh, you know, I think that it's super important to show them value, you know, and, and help them to find their value uh, at, at those really important ages. You know yeah. what I mean? I think, you know, we have to do – it starts in the home, right? Because, right. Cody, what you've said is that, you know, what you see, <clears throat> a lot of it, it, it starts at home, right? You have, you have to see an example, and we have to – sure. We have to um, receive value the way that we want it to be showed and show it the way that we receive it, right? And so if we're not modeling that for our kids, then they're not going to model it for the, for the kids that they know at school. 
They're yep. not going to model it when they grow up and get married and, and have a kid themselves. And I, I was going to give you guys, uh, whoever's listening out there, a test on if if you're assigning value based on performance. And listen, I think we've all probably done this. So this thing, if I'm casting stones, I'm casting at a glass house, right? Because right? right. this has happened to me. But if your kid is performing something, sports, band, uh, whatever activity, ballet, it doesn't matter, and they mess up, and you're mad at your kid because they messed up, we have to realign our priorities and our values and how we how we assign value to our kid. Because just like the prodigal son story, or uh, a lot of the stories in the Bible, what you're talking about when when Jesus was baptized, um, God said, "I'm right." That's what yeah, it, He said. I'm pleased yeah. with you. It, it the value that we assign our kids should be the value that we receive from the Lord, and that and the value that we assign our kids should be, "I love you," because right. There's nothing you can do. Even if. Even if. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to make me love you more. There's nothing you can do to make me love you less. I love you. Period. End of story. So I would challenge everybody listening to try to do that. Evaluate yourself first. Be aware of where you're at, how you're how you're treating your kid, what kind of pressure you're putting on your kid. Listen, they don't want to disappoint you. No, that's what They're, I was about to say. I mean, how many of us that do have kids that have played a sport have ever heard, "Dad, are you upset with me? Dad, are you mad yeah. at me? Dad, are, didn't uh, are you are you disappointed in me? You know, I struck out. Are you, Dad? Are you mad at me? You know, I mean, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that, and it's like, why would she ask me that? You know, why would it's he something have, in our behavior that calls them to ask us exactly. that? Exactly. And yeah. it makes you feel about this tall and I'm holding my fingers up about an inch. Yeah. It's like I'm a I'm a piece of crap <laughs> Ex- for, exactly. for making my kid feel that way. Well, we've uh, overemphasized what a game is. We've yeah. lost we've lost sight of the definition of a game. You gotta remember it's these kids' hobbies. You know, I have to tell my coaches that all the time. It's their hobby, your profession. But remember it's their hobby. So you know, that, that should realign it because, you know, these some of these kids want to go out there and just have a game and have fun. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, and they don't want to go out there and, you know, have to try to win the Super Bowl when they're 14 years old. They just want to have fun with their friends and learn valuable lessons and just be active, you know, and it's as simple as that. And I, this is my plug for extracurriculars is it doesn't matter what it is, if it's sports or if it's UIL academics, if it's band, if it's choir, if it's one-act play, it doesn't matter. I think that's what's so important about our kids just being involved. Right. Because they're going to find, you know, that purpose that somewhere, value. that value. Because they're going to be go be a part of a team. They're going to go contribute. They're going to go do things that's going to give them value and give them a place to, you know, to learn socially, learn emotionally, you know, learn knowledge-wise. It's just, uh, you know, there's there's a great a lot of pauses that come out of kids just being plugged in and connected right, uh, to other kids and to, you know, mentors. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think that what happens is is we, you know, I say we, you know, parents that maybe, um, like me personally, I I got a lot out of my. Um, I feel like that the experiences that I had in sports helped me uh, in, in I, I, those formative years. Absolutely helped shape me into the person that I am today. And, and so it's, it's easy to, to, if, if that's you, and I think that's a lot of us, but if that's you, 
it's easy to really want to push your kids toward that because you want them to have that same experience because it was a positive one for you. But in that pushing them toward that, a lot of times we lose sight of, uh, you know, it get it gets to be a win-loss column rather than what am I actually getting out of this? You know, um, you know, I mean, I learned mental toughness. I learned how to, uh, you know, push through adversity, you know, all, all of these, these things that are so much bigger than wins and losses, but you get in there and all these other parents are like yelling and, and, and it it just, it turns into something that is so tough on the kids and heck, I mean, they get, they get to 11, 12 years old and they're like, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. It's too much pressure. Exactly. It's well, too then much they're pressure. confused. How many times you say, you know, uh, you hear it in football, if you go to a football game, you hit somebody, or you go to a baseball game, you're like, you know, hit the ball. Mm-hmm. You go to a basketball game, you know, shoot it. But, you know, those are very vague, hard terms to define. I'm <laughs> trying, Mom. <laughs> yes, I'm. Dad, you, know, you don't think I'm trying up here? You know, it's kind of like when your wife's telling you, hey, I want, want you to watch this movie with me. Okay, so you're sitting there watching it. She goes, no, 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 really watch it. And so your eyes get a little big. No, no, like really watch it right now. You're like, okay, I'm watching it. How? Yeah. You know, those are just vague terms that just get confusing to you. Exactly. Instead of, you know, like, so you got to go back and kind of define, you know, hit somebody. That's so vague. You know, I mean, it's just kind of like them kids are trying to do that, and then they get confused. And then what you end up doing is you get a lot of people that just kind of shut down, and they and they stop trying or they stop giving that effort versus, uh, you know, defining clearly what you expect of a kid, even in sports, you know. Right. Why do you think uh, you can take your kid and do some batting practice in the cage and, like, kid smokes it, right? Cage bombs all over the place. Perfect form, uh, good timing, and then put them in the game. And right. none of that happens. Right. Why? It's the it's pressure. It's it's unrealistic expectations. It's when we, when we put things on them that they don't really know how to handle, everything goes out the window. And we had talked about, you know, uh, also, you know, assigning value based on performance and all that stuff. But I, I want to talk a little bit about the Bible. I don't, I don't remember what verse it is, but uh, it says don't, call, don't cause your fellow man to stumble. The, and talking about that in the Bible and, like, don't do things that would lead people away from the Lord. Right. And one of the biggest places that we lose our witness is that sports games. Oh, yeah. You can be, uh, you know, Go to church every Sunday, have a relationship with the Lord, and then uh, see somebody that you go to church with at a football game or a soccer game or a baseball game absolutely lose their mind in cuss words and, you know, things are flying out and you're like, what are we doing? What do they know the same Jesus that I know? Or, or they may be looking at me and they say, does that dude know the same Jesus that I know? Sure. Like, he's causing me to stumble. Um. I don't know where I was going with that. I, and OB, I, I hear you. I mean, you're right. You're, you're right on the money with that. I, I, I've got a, one more question for you, Cody. Um, you know, Shane talked about earlier um, in the podcast how you were – Shane was here, you know, prior to your arrival back, you know, when you when you came. I think you were head coach at Commerce. Yes, sir. Okay. And, and, and then you came back and have been AD for the last – this is your second year as the athletic director at Hallsville. Uh, Shane, you've talked about a positive change that, that has happened since Cody's been back. We talk a lot about culture uh, in our podcast. We talk about trying to create positive cultures in our businesses, in our homes, in, in our lives, and every aspect of what we're doing. We, 
we hope to create and be a positive influence on a culture that exhibits uh, Christian values. You know, we 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 really you know talk a lot about the culture of the men in this country and just all kinds of stuff, culture in general. Uh, obviously, you are doing a good job of of changing the culture in a positive light uh, at Hallsville right now. And you talked earlier about how it takes a village to get these kids going. Um, I would think that it would take uh, you being able to put people in the right places in order to create that culture that you're, um, you know, going for. So just, can you, can you just talk a little bit about the culture that you are hoping to create in the long run in, in the leadership position that you're in now? At the end of the day, it's a, it's just a culture of just mutual respect and and love that that's kind of what you're wanting to. uh, And really it's, I just want our coaches to love kids love being at school and love that that mission field that that's what it is uh and love each other and respect each other and uh and it is it's nothing that I am necessarily I can do or whatever because I'm actually removed from the actual day-to-day coaching part of it and that's one of the big things you miss the kids because the adults are the toughest toughest ones to work with it's a lot easier to change and mold a teenager than it is to well, you get forty grace. year old. It's like, oh, you're fifteen. You screwed up. You're fifteen years old. I understand. Let's let's work through this. But right. I mean, you're forty five, and you're still making that same yes. mistake. And I'm guilty of that as well. But no, it's uh it's getting the right people in the right places. Uh, and it's a lot. Uh, that that's one element is just hiring the right people, and they they call it putting the right person on the bus and in the right seats and on the bus. You know what I mean? And uh, that's one of the challenges is just getting those type of people. And then the second challenge is is you're not always going to get a ready made perfect. The, the right person, right. you know, you're, you're, it's not going to be the Messiah coming in and, oh, I, this is who I need for this spot. Part of it is you've got to build them and mold them into what you want and what you expect. Sure. And uh, so you got to get people that are uh, humble enough to be able to go through that process. And, uh, you know, so in, in, in today, and y'all are both employers, so y'all understand that uh, the workforce is what's what's applying for jobs. Uh, oh, yeah. there's, a, there's a big gap of what you can go get and experience and all of that. Cause I know 15 years ago in coaching, you were coming straight out of college. You were going to go be a junior high coach and then work your way up to freshman JV and varsity. Well, nowadays that trend is completely flipped. I'm out, I'm out there hiring first year college guys and putting them in head coaching and varsity types positions. And that's a lot for a young person to go through. So absolutely, uh, but there's no other options really. I mean, cause there is a shortage. And uh, so it's our job. It's really my job to start trying to mold these people and mold them into what we, what we have, and that takes a little bit of time. That takes a little bit of patience, but I just think it's about just my my dad. Like what you know, my dad was a big influence on my life. And what people ask me all the time, what did Charlie Farrell do? To I was like, I don't know. He just every morning he put his feet on the floor and he went to work. Yeah. That's really that was his secret to life and success. I mean, was he a warm fuzzy guy? I was like, I don't know. I mean, the last time he told me I loved him, or I told him I don't. Even, I don't think I even hugged my dad. It's crazy that might sound, but I hug my mom all the time. And but my dad's the most loving guy in the world. Sure. And and I knew he loved me. I knew he you know accepted me. And he he did. He taught me so much. But what I what I witnessed from him is if it was hard, he put his feet on the ground in the morning. Went to work. And if it was easy and times were good, he put his feet on the ground. And he went to work. And and that's consistency. Just kinda, yeah, consistency. He showed up every day. He was present. Do do you find that you have to be careful uh, in this day and age with how you display your faith uh, at your job? No, I I don't. It's a uh, I, I don't feel like I have to uh, – no, especially at Hallsville. That's Egg what's shell, great about this. Yeah. 
that's what's great about this community. Now there are things that like, uh, you know, especially when you work in a school district, you know, there's things I'm, I'm, you know, you can't obviously do because there are lines and problems that that'll cause. But as far as like, if I tell a kid I love you or Jesus loves you or one of my employees or whatever, I don't, I don't really feel a pressure to try to walk on eggshells or be something different in, in, you know, uh, in those settings. So no, that's the blessing, really. blessing of, a uh, um, Bible belt, Hallsville, right. um, you know, just, I think this in general, um, you know, this area, it seems like, uh, that's generally the question. I mean, the, the answer, right. you know, um, uh, I know I grew up at white Oak, which is on, on, on the other side, uh, of Longview. And it was no different there at that time from what I understand, uh, it's very similar now, you know, mm-hmm, right. uh, the coaches that choose to pour into their kids from a, uh, what would Jesus do mindset are still able to do right. that, uh, without, without a lot of pushback, right. like you hear about in the media. And, uh, that's a blessing, man. That's, it's really a blessing. So we've talked some about, um, being that representation to your kid of Jesus. Right. And I think, Cody would probably expound on this, but we, if you've evaluated yourself and you realize, hey, you know, I'm not placing that undue pressure on my kid. I feel like I'm I'm assigning value to them based on them being mine and them being a, a son or daughter of Jesus Christ. We as men and as husbands and, and fathers also have the responsibility to go outside of our families. And I think, Cody, that's what you guys do right. as athletic director, as coaches, um, as teachers, as people who are involved with youth, period, um, we have that responsibility to reach out and to be a mentor. So you talk about getting the right person on the right bus, on the right seat. What kind of process do you go through to make sure that you're lining those things up the best way you can? Well, that's a, that's the challenge because every year and every person is different. And so it's a constant shuffle. I feel like just when you get it triggered out, the year changes and resets and you have a whole new group of kids and you sometimes you have new coaches, new employees come in, same thing with you guys, and you got to reshuffle that every year. So that is one of those things that you constantly have to just – you're constantly evaluating, and that's kind of like a game plan in football or baseball or whatever. You know, you go out there, you run a play, it didn't work, you make adjustments, you come back and you do it again, and that's just the constant Seems sport. a lot easier on the football field, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we do have a society that's pretty quick to <clears> – <throat> If you make a mistake, they're pretty quick to, to all right, let's discard them and go to the next one. And and there's this, uh, there's no room for growth. Right. There's no room for I started here at point A and then I've grown into point B. And over the last five years, I've really matured and changed and and done some things differently. Uh, that that's kind of where, that's kind of my job is to is to grow you through through each mistake. And so. One of a process in the coaching world, it seems Uh like that's more prevalent in the coaching world. You know, you, we, we live in a society that, you know, A&M or Texas or whatever, they get their, they get their new coach. If they have two uh, seasons where they went, you know, eight and three, fire them, you know, get rid of them. Well, you you know, know. you look at uh, John Gruden, who I don't, didn't read the emails, but uh, 10 years ago sent some emails that, Right. Somebody said we're inappropriate. Racist. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it was 10 years ago. Do you not think that John Gruden, one of the best coaches in America, has grown as a person in 10 years? Yeah. You know? 
and that's kind of what what you guys are talking about it's like it's we we live in this society you know where we talk about like not assigning value to performance and i understand that being a coach like you you want to go out and get w's right i mean what coach doesn't want if you don't want to go out and win you don't need to be a coach but there is so much growth that happens when you lose right our our high school football team has been on was on a losing streak for what two years I think it might have been, yeah, a little over two, maybe. A long a two. long time. Yeah. And those kids, you could tell at the beginning of this year, just didn't know how to win. They just didn't know how to finish the game. They didn't know how to keep their mindset on a winning mindset. And there was a moment that clicked against a team that was really good where we still lost the game, but there was a moment, and I think – Yeah, it was Texas high. Yeah. Right. Number nine in the state, still one of the only, like, maybe six teams that are still undefeated in 5A football. Wow. Walk us through that. No, I think that's just, interesting. Like, I mean, what what did you see? I know what I saw. What did you see? And if you contrast it to the week before, we, when we played Jacksonville, all of our kids were hearing all week long, like, oh, this is the only one you're going to win. Y'all better win it. And they went out and laid an absolute egg. They had so much pressure. Like, if we don't win this one, we're not going to win a ball game. And then the next week they go out and they're playing one of the only undefeated teams in the state, top ten in the state, a really good football team. And they go out there and absolutely demolish them. Like, double, you know, Texas High is known for their defense, and we put up over 450 yards against them and wow. uh well how did y'all do that well it's the same team same kids same talent level but they're out there i kind of caught playing with house money there's right. no pressure on them like right. nobody thinks we're gonna win they go out there and do it and they figure out hey we're actually pretty good then they come into the next week against a good white house team even though their wins weren't there and you know they're like man we we can kind of replicate what we just did against texas high we can play with anybody and it's just that only thing that changed was those kids believed that meant Mindset. Yes, they. That's the only thing that changed in three weeks is what those kids believe that they could accomplish. And, that's awesome. Uh, it, it's pretty amazing. I've been a part of that when I was a head coach at Commerce. We lost our six football games, and I still to this day I was like, man, if I would have had them the you, year before, you I lost your job. first first six. Your we lost first our six first games six. as a head we, coach. As a head coach, and I had that was one of the most talented teams I've ever. I mean, I had a player at every position that was really, really talented. Had a good old line, had a good running back, good quarterback, good wide receiver, good DB, good linebacker, good D. And in a 3A school, that's kind of what you need. Well, we lose our first six, and it was most part ugly fashion. Kids did not know how to win because they'd been three years of 0 for, you know, 0 and 10, 0 and 10, 0 and 10. Wow. And, well, then we we get a win against Grand Saline at our house, and we all we tried to give it away. All we had to do was get a first down running the football. So we're running the football, and our kids kind of fighting for extra yards, and then they strip it. Instead of us, you know, if we get wow. that first down, we're kneeling the next play. And our, they take it from his hand. The old the victory formation yes. that has not happened yes. in three years. Well, we end up having to knock a ball incomplete in the end zone with like three seconds left to win that game. Wow. But then we win the next six. Awesome. And we beat White Oak, who was the number one team uh, in the, in this district out over here, first round. And they had a really good quarterback. Really, they think maybe only one loss. We beat them first round. Then we beat – a Sunnyvale team who was really, really good. And then we go to the third round and play against Kemp. And our kids, what they just started believing in themselves. And it was yeah. one of the most miraculous kind of stories that I've ever seen. They just learned how to win, like you were talking about. They learned how to do the little things right. And That's neat. How to believe in themselves and how to function. And it's just, the awesome thing about sports. It's oh, just, it teaches so, you yeah. so, so much about life. You, I mean, you wonder why people get so excited about sports. It's because they know – this is how we, you know, sometimes we get lost in the in acting the wrong way as parents, but we know how much value that sports has has added to our lives, right? You feel that you feel that inside when you play with a team sport with somebody that it takes more than just you. It takes more than just two guys. It takes a bunch of people on the same page Absolutely. working for a common goal 
teaches you discipline. There's so many things that sports sports teaches us. And then we, as we get older, we tend to forget that the reasons why I felt valuable, and we assign it differently to our kids. Yes. So what what do you think? What happens when kids make that switch? Like how how is that switch? You talked about a little bit, like they you know they had nothing to lose, but obviously it's a little bit. It happened before that moment. Right. So how are you instilling in a program to kids like, hey, you are a winner. I don't care what that win-loss column says. Yeah, I think in that that's just going back to what, what my, my father modeled, and I think our coaches do that, is like win, lose, or draw, no matter what happens, kids, we love you. This is where we want to be. I love working with you every single day, and guess what? It didn't go our way last night, but guess where I'm going to be tomorrow? I'm going to be up here trying to figure it out with you. We're going to work through this process. We're going to we're going to put the work in. We're going to put the time in. We're going to put the effort in. We're going to do it together. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep just moving forward. And so that was my message to the king. That's what Coach Strickland and that's what a lot of our coaches, you know, when you're going through those tough times or when you're just, hey, guess what? I'll be here tomorrow. Come up here and join me. I'm going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to be here every day. I'm going to be present in your life. I'm going to be intentional and I'm going to be working for you. I just want you to come and be a part of it with me. That's these, so cool. These kids, these yeah. kids are drawn to that. They, they, they are, uh, it's obviously obvious that they are. And it's, it's such a refreshing thing to know that behind the scenes, that's what's getting told to these kids, right. you know, because society is not saying that, you know, all they're looking at is that win loss column and all they're talking about. I mean, we're, we're in small town, East Texas, where football is king, right? And and we the lights all, come on, the town shuts down. That's exactly <laughs> right. And the next morning, you've got every armchair quarterback in the town at the coffee shop, and and it's just like Friday night lights, guys. And uh, you know, I, I just think being in your position, Cody, it's it's it, it's a tough one. You know, it's just a tough position. Uh, I admire you for doing it in the way that you're doing it because it's it's really easy to look at this thing I, I just can you imagine being the texas a&m ad or, oh my goodness or, or hey coach or, yeah. business and that is a straight business it's, it's level. difficult exactly you know uh it would just be so difficult to to try and ha build any kind of culture because yeah. because if you don't win you're every, gone everybody's chopping you know the heads off of every of every coach that has a loss every mm -hmm. year, and it's like, how am I ever going to build anything here? You know, and yeah. and so yeah, um, obviously, it, like you said, it's a business at that level. But um, you know, to to have to do what you're doing, uh, I, I really admire it and 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 can appreciate it, knowing that my kids are eventually going to get to you know hopefully go through yeah and if you're if you're out there listening um and you need a, a new ad at your school do not call hall you hear me <laughs> cody we're gonna wrap it up you got anything else you want to leave no, the listeners guys. with thank you guys for the time the opportunity it was awesome uh thank you anybody out there listening and we appreciate it just keep just keep fighting keep moving every day put your feet on the floor and go to work amen cody thanks for joining us today we really appreciate you being here uh, remember, guys, uh, be be a godly influence to those around you. Our families starts with our families, and then it extends out from that. There's a lot of kids out there that don't, you know. We tend to assume as as parents or as people that other people are like us, right? 
when you look at somebody, we just kind of project ourselves onto other people. That's a natural thing to do. But if if you're a good father rooted in biblical principles, there are kids out there that need you. There are kids out there that need your influence, that need your uh, your love, that need Jesus' love, essentially. And we have an opportunity to give them that. So I would pray and I ask you to be intentional about the kids that you're around, the kids that your kids hang out with, the kids that play sports with your kids, any kid that you have an opportunity to have an influence on, be a manly, godly influence in their life. Be intentional and take those opportunities to do that. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you would hit that like, share, subscribe button, uh, help us reach people for Jesus. Go out and kick the day on the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.